One of the best things about starting a brand new year is knowing that as soon as the ball drops, it's only a matter of days until the annual CES convention in Las Vegas kicks off. Viva CES! <laughs> While other big conventions like Comic-Con and E3 have collapsed under their own weight or been made entirely obsolete in recent years, CES, which formerly stood for Consumer Electronics Show but apparently now officially stands for nothing, has carved out a very important niche for itself. CES used to be where all the big tech companies announced their new products, but those companies have long since switched to hosting their own events for their big announcements, and in their stead, CES has become a convention dominated by the sorts of products you might see in a Sky Mall catalog or on mm -hmm. Shark Tank. Yeah. And that's not to say the products unveiled at CES are all junk, though a lot of them are, but CES is where the latest technologies and tech trends get thrown at the wall in a thousand different ways by companies big and small, all hoping that their ideas are the ones that stick. You know, the old saying goes, stand for nothing, fall for anything. And uh, anyone who attends CES is pretty much having to wade their way through a bunch of filth to try to find anything worthwhile. In Las Vegas, that's just the most miserable time of year you could possibly be in that town. Knowing the people that go to CES and are excited about it, this is like their big highlight of the year. It is cold. It is unpleasant. Yeah. It is not a place you want to be. Did they put January. anything cool on that orb? For CES? I don't know. I didn't see. Oh, actually, Maybe. I did see they put Tetris on it, but I don't know how that, you know. Anyways, in previous years, trends like wearables, VR, the metaverse, NFTs, drones, smart homes, and so on, have been embraced by CES, with companies trying to predict all the ways that these technologies will soon totally dominate our lives, and almost always vastly overestimating it. It's like this is like the concept car version of tech. They're like, yeah, crazy, huh? This is what it's going to be like in a couple of years. And this year had a lot of concept cars, actually. Yeah. Which like, hey, that's cool. Yeah. Let me know when it's a real car. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, don't care. Yeah. Well, this year, it, it's, of course, AI. And it, it, that's actually kind of made this year's CES suck because it's a whole lot of just we put chat GPT in a car or we added a dedicated AI button to our laptop. Basically just tacking AI onto existing things. Stock price manipulation, baby. We're yeah. doing the trendy thing. Number go up. What if a pillow, but if with AI? Huh? Oh, Have you ever thought about wow. that? Wow. What if a dog collar, but with AI? Woof. What if a bathroom mirror, but with AI? Uh, okay, that's boring and also scary. Yeah. Uh, though you do get the occasional bit of CES magic, like this bidet that lets you use Alexa to tell it when to shoot water up your asshole. <laughs> now, a real tech innovation would be it analyzing your asshole and knowing when it's dirty. Yeah, using uh, recognizing your specific uh, sphincter print and knowing uh, whether you like it to be a room temperature stream of water, maybe a hot stream of water, yeah. uh, you know, what your settings are. You know, steal my idea, but a simple laser that dictates or, or detects, sorry, when uh, excrement is flowing down and not flowing down you know, could solve this. Yeah. If they, nothing passes by it in a second or two, gives you a little squirt. They didn't go nearly far enough, but it is cool that now instead of doing all the, oh, the work of pressing the button. Clean oh, my ass. God. Yeah, you say, Alexa, clean my ass. Yeah. And she's like, okay, I'm cleaning your ass. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> does it make sounds? Feed <laughs> <Read> me. <laughs> so yeah, this year's CES, it does seem to be somewhat lacking in the dumb department, which is our favorite department. Sure. The best stuff to come out of CES is always the stuff that is a dedicated, single-use gadget that's at least somewhat technologically impressive, but still way too specific and way too expensive to appeal to the average consumer. Mm -hmm. And thankfully, we do have a few examples of this. Oh, and th this first one is my favorite. I saw this and I was like, now there's an idea. And then I saw the price and I said, <laughs> no Fuck <thanks."> you. <laughs> yes, fuck off. <laughs> so yeah. For our first example, Swarovski Optics, which is a very respected and established maker of binoculars, telescopes, and rifle scopes, they unveiled a pair of AI-powered binoculars that can identify over 9,000 species of birds. Over 9,000, you said? <laughs> just by, yeah, it's a scouter, <laughs> but only for birds. You just point it at the bird, and you press a button, and you better hold that bird in the frame for five seconds. Mm, but don't when, move, bird. Yeah, when you do, uh, it tells you what that bird is. I mean, it seems like something that bird watchers might be into. We're called birders, Elliot. Birders. But at $4,799, I don't know, maybe not. Also, isn't a big part of the whole bird birding experience, you know, the research that goes into being able to identify all the different bird species. Mm -hmm. This kind of feels like cheating. 
Yeah, you're never going to actually remember and be able to... Uh, you're buy, never going to gain the respect of the birding community. Yeah, it's like when I get passed on the trails by e-mountain bikers. Yeah. No respect. Yeah, sorry, I'm working harder than you, bitch. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I mean, I guess having an AI do that for you would make things a lot easier, but is this something that hardcore birders will want to spend nearly five grand on? Yeah. And also, since this is AI, are the results even accurate? The, the <laughs> fact that you have to keep it in frame for an extended period of time, like... Could you imagine, and, and look, it's not hard to do, but could you imagine spending $5,000 on something like this and the bird flies away right before it's about to capture what it is? Yeah. You'll also, never know. Like, you'll never know what it was. If you'd hit them books, you might know, but now you'll never know. It's it's really not even that big of a deal because, like, unless you're, well, I guess the person that can't afford this is going to new places all the time, but uh, birds are generally pretty regional. Like, you learn your area. <laughs> I'm going to buy this and take it to the zoo. <laughs> I, Let I, me just double check that. Yep. I could read the plaque, but no. <laughs> no. Hey, hey everybody, come fun. look at this. <laughs> so, yeah, this is, I think, maybe one of my favorite examples of a, a great CES product. Yeah. It's like, that's kind of cool, but it's for nobody. It's the person that's drunk in first class and pulls out the Sky Mall. Yeah. But that doesn't exist anymore, so they have it's to go here. It's for a rich asshole who uses it exactly one time. It should do, it should have a little speaker that, is that what it does where it says it out loud? I don't know. I think it shows in the viewfinder. Well, they should just take it a know. step further since they do the rifle scopes and just put a gun on it. Yeah, they should. What you've just killed is an American bald eagle. This is just a test product for uh, the real thing they're making, which is for the U.S. military to identify whether someone is a terrorist or yeah. a freedom fighter. Yeah, it has that scale like in Family Guy yeah. with the different shades of skin color. <laughs> Jesus. But next up, we've got a product that finally solves the problem of your indoor-outdoor cat constantly bringing dead birds and mice into your house. What do I do with all these dead mice and birds? They think it's uh, bringing me a present. They don't know I have to clean this up. Oh. So you could save a whole lot of money by simply listening to the experts and not letting your cat outside anymore. But if you want your cat to keep destroying the local wildlife population without bringing any of those animal corpses into your house, for $400, you can get the Flappy. AI-powered cat door. Unlike a normal cat door, Flappy uses AI to detect whether your cat has some dead prey in its mouth and then locks them out of the house if they do. <laughs> if they drop it, the door opens and they can come inside. So you would assume they would learn. Oh no, Mr. Whiskers. I'm afraid I can't let you in. You know what's going to happen. See, because cats, they're smart. They are smart. They're going to eat it, bring it inside, and throw it up instead. It's going to be even worse. Yeah, that, this is the thing. This, they're underestimating the intelligence of the average cat. They're very they're smart creatures, especially those outdoor cats. Too smart. Uh -huh. One of Flappy's co-founders admitted to Engadget that they still haven't solved the potential problem of cats learning how this works and simply picking the prey back up once the door opens. But if small dead animals in your house are a constant problem, well, then this is the product for you. I just, I don't have time to do anything else except clean up all these dead mice and birds. Thank you, Flappy. And then, and then the cat goes and takes a poop in its robot cat toilet. My sister-in-law has this insane robot cat toilet that looks like Dr. Evil's chair. It, uh, it is it the one, the globe that spins around? Yeah, or? it gives yeah. the cat privacy. The cat goes in and it turns like the other way. It's fucking crazy. <laughs> I think it was very, very expensive, too. I, didn't, I haven't asked they're how like much. They're like $500. Yeah, I'm yeah. like, that is not cheap. It's big, too. It takes up space. Yeah, I'm sure they're going to have AI that analyzes those, those turds soon, too. Yeah, why yeah. not? Put AI on it. Your cat is suffering from cat AIDS. I mean, We've lot, analyzed the urine. A lot of them are. Yeah. Uh, some other AI products that stood out this year include an app called Capella that claims that it can translate your baby's crying oh, for $10 a month so that you always know whether it's crying because it's hungry tired, uncomfortable, or because it has a diaper full of shit. Capella says that its product is 95% accurate versus dumb humans who are only 30% accurate. So as we say with every new AI innovation, RIP, uh, mommy and daddy. Mm -hmm. And for people without kids who want a baby-sized robot constantly following them around the house, uh, this is, we, I feel like we see this every fucking year at CES, but this year, Samsung showed off Bali which looks like a tiny Among Us character. It's basically an Alexa speaker on wheels with a projector and a camera built in. In classic CES fashion, Bali managed to generate a ton of press despite clearly falling into the classic CES category of, hey, that's a cute gadget that you could not possibly convince me I actually need around me. No. Also seems like a privacy nightmare. Yes. 
Just like, take a look at all of the stupid Alexa devices that are gathering dust in the corners of people's kitchens. Yeah, like every use case they listed for this is like, wait, I thought the whole smart home infrastructure already solved this. Why do I need a little robot? Like the only thing that they listed that I'm like, that could be useful is like, oh, like go check on, go see what's happening in this room of the house. Go see if the dog's eating its food. Go, go have a look here. Just get up and go. Well, if, if you're not home. Okay. You just get that device that shoots a treat out. We've already. This, I already have that. We've already reached the end of tech. I. Yeah, I think everything's been. The solved. only smart device I have in my home is is a little camera that sh that shoots treats out. <laughs> and do you need anything else? No. In yeah. fact, even that, I'm like, this is. It's a little sketchy that there's a this dog camera just filming constantly. Yeah. I because I don't know. All these smart devices are just a security nightmare waiting to happen. Uh huh. But not a, a burglar's going to start firing off treats and then come steal everything. Yeah. Yeah. It's like the classic caper of bringing a steak to the guard dog. Yep, yeah. I'm asking for it. Mm -hmm. But in other AI news, there was some news out of CES that immediately generated controversy, and it wasn't even for a product. It was just an announcement that SAG-AFTRA had entered into an agreement with an AI voice generator company about using AI versions of actors' voices in video games. And uh, from the responses I've seen online from uh, people that I know that are members and, and everyone else, Hey, what, what the fuck? What is this? <laughs> yeah. Uh, did we agree to this? We agreed to this? Huh. Did we now? From Deadline, the agreement will span both the creation of digital voice replicas and their use throughout game development. The deal includes minimum rates and terms that require safe storage of performer data, transparency around the nature of the content of digital replica will be used for, performer consent of use of their replica in any new project, limitations on the amount of time that a performance replica can be employed without further payment and consent. So yeah, this is surprising news considering opposition to this kind of AI tech was a big motivator behind this past summer's actor strike. And it was also apparently surprising to a bunch of video game voice actors <laughs> who said this is the first they'd even heard of such a deal. Huh. Yeah, from Forbes. Voice actor Steve Blum, known for roles in Cowboy Bebop, Mortal Kombat, and God of War, responded to the union's ex-post about the agreement, stating, nobody in our community approved this that I know of. Games are the bulk of my livelihood, and have been for years. Who are you referring to? <laughs> Greg Baldwin, a voice actor from Avatar The Last Airbender, said the union betrayed voice actors in an ex-post, adding he would refuse to sign his own pink slip. Samantha A. Morrison, a voice acting casting director, accused the union of straight up spreading lies over its claim the agreement was approved by voice performers. No voice actor would willingly approve this. AI has no place in voiceover or the arts in general, Morrison posted on X. Veronica Taylor, whose voice credits include Ash Ketchum in the Pokemon anime and Cosmos in the Final Fantasy video game franchise, questioned how the agreement passed without notice or a vote among SAG-AFTRA members, stating, Every job brings a unique opportunity for an actor to act. Encouraging slash allowing AI replacement is a slippery slope downward. So yeah, it's a bit strange, especially considering SAG-AFTRA's announcement was very clear about claiming this decision was approved by the union's voiceover artist community. They're also super vague about how this will actually work, so hopefully everyone gets a bit more clarification on that. It's hard to imagine how this results in voice actors not simply earning less money, though the rationale might be that they'll be earning money for literally no work, which leaves more time for other work. Therefore, more money? But th that still seems like bad news for an industry niche that was already notoriously difficult to break into. So yeah, we'll probably be hearing more on this as it develops. Uh, also, like, just animation and video games, anywhere where someone's face isn't on screen, is a lot more, uh, like, intense and difficult to, yeah, it's, to really emote, because you have to overdo it so much, and, and it seems like use, AI... The only use case I can see this being even practical for is, like, all the background chatter you get in, like, yeah. open-world games, but even that, it's like... Or, like, maybe narration, but, like, any emotion involved, like... The human element is what connects you to the character. Yeah, I uh, I guess we'll see. It's also, it's just, you know, <laughs> video game companies, notoriously uh, not good to work for as a performer. And yeah. uh, I don't see how this really makes it better. It seems like it makes it worse. But I guess we'll see. I don't know. The video game companies have been doing a whole lot of their own Hollywood accounting, considering how successful last year was and with all of the yeah. layoffs and everything that constantly keep happening. So, um, If they literally just adjusted their 
prices for inflation to, I don't know, $75. Like, everyone can get paid. No problem. Mm -hmm. But they won't do it for some reason. Yeah. Shit's been $60 for like 25 years. It's weird. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it sucks to pay more for things, but uh, it would at least go a little bit uh, into thinking maybe that uh, people are able to have a consistent career and live off of this. Yeah. I mean, not that I've paid full price for a video game (laughs) in my adult life. Come on. Hey. Anyways, back to CES. The winner for this year's award in the category of genuinely super impressive, but also why, goes to LG and their transparent TV. Mm -hmm. Well, there's increasingly very little room to innovate in the TV space. Uh, Stuff like display thinness, resolution, brightness, and dynamic range. They have pretty diminishing returns at this point. In previous years, rollable TVs that roll up and hide themselves away when not in use, they've been a CES trend with this stuff. And we all see how that worked out. But this is literally a TV that you can see through. Look at that wall. You, wow. you haven't seen that part of your wall in so long, but yeah. there it is. What are you going to do with all that wall? <laughs> but yeah, I mean, based on videos, this this does look cool as hell. It's undeniable. It's a cool It's like demo. a magic trick. Yeah. I didn't think this was possible. Mm-hmm. It probably looks awesome in person. I don't even understand the science behind it, so it is basically magic to me. It's crazy. The only problem is, why the fuck would I want to watch anything on this? Because it's opaque when it's on. No. It's not. No, the demos they have show it as see-through, but you can turn it on to be a solid right. screen. So what's the point of the fucking transparent version? Because Screensavers? Because it, it, it looks cool, yeah. Yeah, I mean, so it has the image quality of a projector in a room with all the lights on when it's in transparency mode. There is the option to turn the transparency off, but then you're left with a normal TV that is noticeably pretty fucking average in the image quality department. Uh-huh. Nothing special about it really at all. And LG has not given a price for when this comes out, though it is coming out, but LG's rollable TV from a few years ago, that ended up selling for $100,000. Selling or? Well, I'm sure some dickhead in Dubai probably bought it. Yeah. So yeah, uh, I mean, genuinely super impressive, but also why and for whom? Yeah. (laughs) Like I can see this tech being really useful in other contexts. Like I feel like Disney could make great use of this at their theme parks, perhaps. Although they I think already they kind of do that already. Yeah, sort they of. already have the Fake pro- projecting thing. onto yeah. transparency things down pretty well. This seems unnecessary. I don't know. It's cool. I was like, wow, that's crazy. The, it's anyway. just like it's like those uh, things you'd have in the '90s with sand and water in them, where you'd like flip it and they would do kinds of yeah. kind of art as it moves around. This is that. You got to have like one of the. The things in your phone that like knows where it's moving. Yeah. Hey, you want to see something cool? Next year they'll have a, a TV with sand and water in it. <laughs> hey, look, I got sea monkeys in here. The TV for an ant farm. TV slash lava lamp. Look at that. Yeah. And, I, you, and you can hide the lava when you want. Uh huh. And and then if you need to, you can see your wall. Yeah. Hey, it's still there. All right. <laughs> Good. And it's still just the color white. Yep. Wow. That's my wall, baby. Mm-hmm. Anyways, finally, in the category of products that probably work great, but are also way too expensive and also kind of eliminate all the fun, we've got two kitchen gadgets for cooking meat. Mm. First up, GE made an indoor meat smoker so that even apartment dwellers can live that Zuckerberg lifestyle. Smoking meats. <laughs> if you've never smoked meats before, it's a very long process and it creates a lot of smoke. So you need an outdoor space and also neighbors who don't mind the smell. Get out of here, vegans. Yeah. The GE Smart Indoor Smoker uses wood pellets and some sort of advanced filtration system to let you discreetly smoke meat on your kitchen counter without dying of carbon monoxide poisoning. Also great for stoners and people who haven't given up smoking tobacco inside. Just breathe know. it into the device. I don't know if that would work. Take the tech there's, off the device. Prob- and also there's probably a cheaper version of exactly what you just described. In fact, I know there is a cheaper version of <laughs> yeah, what you, you just described. Yeah, you put a bunch of laundry sheets inside of a toilet paper tube. Uh... Yeah, you can do that too, I guess. <laughs> but yeah, the results are apparently pretty damn great. But at a price point of $1,000, who is this for exactly? I mean, the Venn diagram of people willing to spend that kind of money and people who can't just smoke be- meats in their backyard or rooftop uh, has got to be pretty narrow. Yeah. Yeah. Also, like, my dad has had a tiny little, like, smoker thing for years. I think it was, like, fairly expensive, but, like, it does have to be outdoors. It will kill you if you use it inside. Sure. But it's also like discreet. Like you would never even know that it was working unless you're like right next to it. 
So yeah, you can get like tiny ones at Lowe's and Home Depot now yeah, for like a balcony is, even. This is like yeah. this big. Because also if you're in an apartment, like chances are you're not going to be smoking uh, like 15 yeah. pounds of meat. I mean, well, yeah, that is that is the problem with smoking meats is like doing anything less than like a full rack of ribs or like kind a of full of pork butt. It's like, why am I why am I devoting like 12 hours to this? Well, GE, they're 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 getting ahead of a lot of problems. GE's like have you ever wanted to run your car in the garage with the door closed? Hot new way to uh, <laughs> not die, unalive yourself. Anyway, a thousand dollars for a smart indoor meat smoker—that is actually chump change compared to this next product, the Perfecta AI-powered grill. This thing supposedly cooks a perfect steak in half the time by operating kind of like a sideways toaster. You load your steak into this little cage which you then load into the Perfecta, and it sears the entire outside of the steak to your exact preferences in as little as 90 seconds at extremely high heat, achieving your desired doneness so quickly that no juices are able to escape. Mm. And yet, I mean, this does seem like a concept that could be quite successful at achieving its goal. Interestingly, uh, it doesn't sound like they were cooking up any samples for CES attendees, but which is suspicious, but then again, steak is expensive. Can't just be giving out free steaks. Well, well marketing budget uh, for this thing. You gotta gotta spend money to make money. Uh, and they'll well trust yeah. us. It's the best steak you've ever because had. Because speaking of expensive, this fucking thing is gonna be selling for thirty five hundred dollars. So yeah, just get a cast iron. The Venn diagram here it's pretty narrow. This is a product for people that love eating steak, people that hate cooking steak. And people that have $3,500 to blow on a single-use kitchen gadget. Just get a fucking cast iron and uh, take, for temporarily, remember to put them back up, but take your smoke detector down in the kitchen. Yeah, that is like the biggest problem with uh, cooking steak on a cast iron is, uh, yeah, you will set off <laughs> all, all of, your smoke, of your smoke alarms. But yeah, a cast iron and a, a meat thermometer, like... It's pretty way. hard to go wrong with that. Um, also, like if you're in an apartment and you want a good steak, sear it afterwards a little bit, but just get a sous vide. If you're really like, don't care. Like no one's going to be like checking is, it on you yeah, to be like, did you cook that with a sous vide or did we, you do it? We did already solve this actually. Yeah, you're right. The, the sous vide method for cooking steak is like imp literally impossible perfect. to fuck up. Yeah. And then just sear it. Yeah. And nobody's the wiser because you're cooking it for yourself. Yeah. I mean, I... I yeah, I haven't cooked a steak in a while. I'm usually I'm a well, little you know it's cold out. I'm a little too fussy for it. Often I I'm either too quick or too slow. But yeah. like it's I, I'm there's absolutely no scenario whatsoever where I would pay thirty five hundred dollars <laughs> for this fucking sideways toaster. Yeah, like I'm sure it's great, but like also think of all the time all the Ruth Chris Steakhouse trips I could yeah! buy with that money. You could have just <laughs> the nicest steaks for many yeah. years if you if you make it like a once in a month thing. Yeah. 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 Unless you're eating steak every night, which that won't last very long. You will die eventually. And it's like the whole point of cooking at home is like, like with a lot of this stuff that AI, like AI is removing like the joy of, of doing actually it, yeah. doing it. Yeah. Or learning a skill. Or, yeah. Like imagine in a pinch you're at a party and they're like, hey, Elliot makes good steaks. Hey, getting, who wants to operate the grill? Like, well, hold on. I don't have my AI <laughs> and then, assistant. And then I got to climb out the window and go down to Ruth Chris Steakhouse and Replace the. Uh, what if I went down to the steak store, <laughs> to the steak restaurant, and presented, and passed it off as my own cooking? Yeah, the awkward situation. Oh, just stretching my hamstrings. They don't know that I just used the the superba steak Whatever, machine. Whatever. Yeah, thirty five hundred dollar yeah. machine. Yeah. Anyways, dumb. And we might have more from CES for you later this week. But oh, probably not. I don't know. I feel like... Uh, I feel like we scraped the bottom of yeah, the Yeah, what's going to be left? Who's coming in in the last two days of CES to be like, wait, wait, don't leave. I don't know. I mean, time's a flat circle. Uh, maybe Gabe Newell will show off the, the, the steam box. Yeah. We're bringing that back. <laughs> but uh, yeah, we, before we move on to the back end of the show, we got to let you know, speaking of good food, yeah, and, and if you actually want to just make food really easily and that tastes good, and present perfect, it as your own cooking, <laughs> this is the perfect product because this episode is sponsored by Factor. Get started on your resolutions with Factor, so you're good and ready for this new year. Factor's ready-to-eat meal delivery takes the stress out of meal planning and sets you up for success in the new year. Skip the grocery stores, the prep work, the cooking fatigue, and instead get chef-crafted, dietitian-approved meals delivered right to your door. With over 35 meals to choose from per week, including options like keto, calorie smart, 
vegan and veggie, and more, plus over 55 weekly add-ons, you'll have a ton of nutritious and flavorful options to kickstart your resolutions. Forget frantic lunch preps and rushed dinners. Factors two-minute meals are your secret weapon in the new year. Fuel up fast with restaurant-quality meals all delivered right to your door. And Factor now offers loads of snack options like breakfast, smoothies, juices, snacks, and more to keep me going no matter what's on the schedule. You need a special occasion meal? Well, Gourmet Plus is the perfect solution if you're looking for fast, upscale options done easily. When things get hectic, Factor is flexible. Change your order up every week with plans from 4 to 18 meals per week, or pause or reschedule your deliveries anytime. Stress less over meal times in the new year. Factor's no prep, no mess meals, free up time, otherwise spent shopping, cooking, and cleaning up. No more wasting time in the kitchen. Last night I had barramundi with uh, cilantro and lime rice. Barramundi. And, uh, and a couple of uh, sliced peppers. Ooh. Not, um, <laughs> not only does Factor offer fast, simple solutions when I'm too busy to cook, they also help me stay on top of my goals. With offerings like Protein Plus and Keto, I can stay on track. And this is definitely going to come in handy for my New Year's goals. I'm running a half marathon in just one week. Not a full marathon? Full marathon is in March. <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah. Uh, Factor has everything that I need for a flavorful week full of nutritious eats. In addition to -to ready-to-eat meals, they have cold-pressed juices, smoothies, energy bites, extra protein, veggie sides, and more to keep me energized during frantic times. Head to factormeals.com slash newsday50 and use code newsday50 to get 50% off. That is code newsday50 at factormeals.com slash newsday50 to get 50% off. And back to the news now, and, you know, of course... It's all about Elon, because this man will not allow a single week to go by without providing a laundry list of bullshit to cover. Ugh. And this week, he's, he's really been working overtime. Yeah, folks. he's like, I'm not making the headlines anymore. Let me get wild with it. So for starters, uh, early on Tuesday morning, the unthinkable happened. Despite Twitter now being a haven for free speech since being purchased by the free speech king himself, mm-hmm. the owners of several prominent accounts were notified that they had been permanently suspended for violating the site's rules, despite no specific violations being cited. Shocking. Mm-hmm. Except, oh yeah, wait, he's done this several times before. Yeah. This is nothing new. Mm-hmm. He doesn't actually believe in free speech. No. And this time, like all the other previous times, the accounts that were banned were left-leaning accounts known to be critical of Elon Musk. Mm-hmm. Unlike some of those previous incidents, though, all these latest accounts were swiftly unbanned, with Elon blaming Twitter's spam filter which is uh, difficult to believe, and yeah. I'm calling bullshit on that. A hundred percent, a hundred percent bullshit. He's like, that's bullshit. Oh, we do random sweeps of spam accounts, and it's like, hmm, very suspicious that all of these accounts in particular were on this list of spam accounts, and not just a list of your biggest haters, sir. Yeah, mm-hmm. this was the the haters list. Yes. Anyway, here's NBC News. Two of the users the platform suspended Tuesday told NBC News that they are skeptical of Musk's (laughs) explanation that their now-reversed bans were most likely accidents. That strikes me as highly implausible, if not impossible, said Stephen Monticelli, a journalist and correspondent for the Texas Observer, whose account was among the at least eight that were removed. If it is possible, it is a reflection of how terrible the state of engineering has become on the platform. Rob Rousseau, another one of the people whose accounts were suspended and restored Tuesday, said he can only speculate about why his account was removed. He and Monticelli suggested their prominent criticism of Musk could have been a factor. They might just be accounts that Elon Musk found personally annoying, said Rousseau, who hosts a podcast and streams on Twitch. And that podcast... Yeah, which podcast is that? With uh, our friend Jordan Yule. Yeah, we we even appeared on it in a paywalled episode. The Insurgents. Look up The Insurgents. Great stuff. It's a good podcast. Yeah. Well, then it continues. The people behind the six other accounts that were suspended Tuesday had also at times been highly critical of Musk. Some were also vocal about other recent hot-button topics like the Israel-Hamas war and billionaire Bill Ackman, who crusaded against Harvard University President Claudine Gay until she resigned in a plagiarism scandal and has since targeted Business Insider for reporting allegations that Ackman's wife committed plagiarism. This guy is literally losing his mind publicly on the timeline and has been for like it's good. Two weeks. It's it's very hard to follow if you're not already ingrained in yeah. the drama that's happening. And I'm not even following it that closely. I've just been I've been assured by people in the know that this is a very rich man uh, losing his fucking mind on the timeline uh, due to bullying by normal people. All credit, yeah. all credit and glory to the people who keep uh, fucking with this guy because it's it, it's so in depth. He's writing fucking novels. On yes. There. Like I I opened one just uh, just to like scroll. And it just kept, I'm like, who the fuck is reading this shit? 
Yeah. Get a well, blog! A handful of people who are out there uh, doing the work of keeping this guy very annoyed and also helping him yeah. lose his mind. And it also just proves, I was like, wow, rich people have a lot of free time. <laughs> yeah, and uh, they... What is this guy's job? Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. Being a billionaire. Yeah, don't you have, like, important shit to do? Fuck. No. Anyway. One of the accounts, that of an anonymous leftist poster who goes by Zay Squirrel and has over 200,000 followers, posted about Israel and Ackman on X immediately after having been restored. I want to thank Elon for giving me my account back. I'll be more careful and responsible with what I say about him, the Israeli regime, and its agents like Bill Ackman and Barry Weiss. I'm genuinely sorry, the account wrote. Lol, just kidding. I'll go 100 times as hard in exposing their propaganda now. Other affected accounts included those of journalists Ken Klippenstein and Alan McLeod, liberal Ryan Shade, and the parody account Liam Neeson, <laughs> as well as the account for the podcast TrueAnon, which discusses the Jeffrey Epstein case. And whose board game I bought just last week. That shit sold out in like very quickly. I, had to, I was able to get my hands on it. I Before I even remembered to try and get it, it was they had already sold out. So may, maybe they'll open it up again. I'll, I'll bring it over to your place. We can play it. That shit was especially funny because all these news outlets were like, the right-wing podcast, uh, yeah. True Anon. <laughs> Literally, it's, it's in the description of the board game. It's like, from the funniest day in political history. Yeah, people just like can't wrap their heads around. Just looking at the artwork on the box. It's it's so like it's been so many years since 2016, and the, so many people just still cannot wrap their heads around sort of. It's le like the, the leftist shit posting. It's, where like, it's like the like, QAnon anonymous podcast, and people are like, "Oh, QAnon, yeah. huh?" Well, that's just like that's extra dumb. But like, yeah, yeah, just taking like, oh, they they say that January 6th was funny. They must love Donald Trump. Yeah, it's a very. Weird... I'm a very smart journalist. Anyways, uh, yeah, not really buying the explanation that this was just an automated oopsie. Absolutely not. Uh -huh. The accounts seem way too specific for that to be the case. But on the other hand, Elon didn't even bother trying to justify the suspensions. So who the hell knows? Maybe he banned those accounts when he was in another state of mind. And then later forgot that he'd actually done it. A lot of people seem to indicate that when uh, s someone from the other side of the political spectrum... Uh, called him out on it, that's yeah. when they were all reinstated. Yeah, it was uh, Jackson Hinkle, who I highly recommend doing what I did and blocking his ass because he does post a lot of, uh, he, these days, he's grifting hard off of uh, the Israel situation mm -hmm. and at first glance might seem like someone you'd like to hear more from, but you should not fall for that. He is no. a essentially a Nazi. Yeah, well, the theory that Elon Musk is just constantly on drugs, that's not anything new. But it would certainly explain a lot of things. For example, whatever the fuck this is, which Elon posted <laughs> later in the day on Tuesday with zero context or explanation. This is so cool. And it can be best described as what appears to be a previous-gen video game cutscene of a glowing panther running through the jungle and then slashing the camera with its claws before the X logo appears. Superimposed over footage of flames. This is like your high school motion graphics elective. Yeah. Check this out. The best description I saw was like, this is the uh, the demo video that played when you bought a graphics card in like yeah. the year 2004. Uh -huh. Like, you're rocking with the best. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So yeah, this was obviously ripe for riffing in the quote retweets, with many accurately comparing the video to something that plays on the bowling alley TV screens when someone gets a strike, because <laughs> yeah. a strike is, is an X, X, and that's also the name. Of Twitter now? He should just, that would actually be funny if he promoted that. Like, Yeah. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it wasn't long before people noticed that this was just a free Adobe After Effects template with the colors slightly changed and an X logo tacked on. And also seemingly exported with the jankiest possible compression settings. Because the like, person that made it doesn't know what they're doing. Like even the X thing is not properly done. It's like a screen over it. Like the opacity is done yeah. wrong. But like the 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 first half with the panther, it's like the compression. It's like a compression algorithm from like pre MP4. Like yeah, it, it's because has, they don't know what it has they're like doing. Artifacts that I haven't seen since I was like torrenting shit in the early 2000s. Well, it's a mixture of that and just Twitter, who obviously very video forward, pivoting to video. Uh, baby. Their their compression is bad as well. So yeah. yeah. Anyways, Elon did not explain anything about what this was about. He he simply posted it. And that was that. To be fair, he the original video is from a superfan account that okay. he embedded on his own tweet. It's one of those accounts that's like could 
could be like one of his dummy accounts, like Doge yeah, Designer. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, Doge, yeah. Doge Designer is Elon's dummy account. I would, yeah, it seems. I'd put money on it. I mean, it could just be a sycophant, though. He has sycophants. No, That's fucking Linda ones. interacts with Doge Designer. Well, but, uh, this one was like Tesla super owners of Silicon Valley or oh, whatever. Oh, yeah, yeah, one yeah, of those. yeah. That's another one. Anyway, yeah. yeah, he just presented it without comment. Uh, maybe he could have explained it, but turns out he was just too busy with all the other stuff he was posting on the timeline, which was basically a constant stream of right-wing drivel about how white people are being replaced by illegal immigrants and how black people have lower IQs than white people, and somehow this is going to result in plane crashes. Yeah, he's uh, he's been on one for a couple of days at least. He is well, like for a long time, but this week in particular, Mark Cuban got him all riled up. Yeah, about like about DEI. De- it's such annoying. It's literally just we're arguing over affirmative action. It's the same fucking shit that conservatives have been bitching about for like 50 years at Mm -hmm. this point. Yeah. Um, And uh, yeah, Elon is, his views on the topic are indistinguishable from like any fucking right-wing boomer. Yeah. And it's all he wants to fucking talk about. It's it's interesting that this is what he does with his day. Uh, Certainly he has something better to do as uh, the world's Third, oh, yeah, second, I have five fucking companies to run. Richest person, I don't know. But yeah, not going to d- delve too much into Elon's increasingly right-wing posting uh, mm. behavior. But yeah, this man's timeline is barely distinguishable from your average Facebook boomer. Yeah. If I had that much money and was spending my day doing this, that'd be a fate worse than, than death, I think, is, in a lot of ways. He is trapped in his own prison, and it keeps getting worse. He's spiraling. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's great, though. Elon and Bill Ackman, just like, the world at their fingertips. Anything they could ever want. Except yeah. the respect of random fucking people that they will never even meet. That, and, they, that, and that destroys them inside. They can't stand it. I don't get it. It's the Mad Men thing. Like, uh, I want respect from randoms. That's what the money's for. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But back to the question of whether or not Elon Musk is just constantly on drugs and how that might explain just what the hell his deal is nowadays. The Wall Street Journal actually published a piece about this very topic this past Saturday, specifically from the point of view of higher-ups at Elon's companies who worry that his drug use is a ticking time bomb that could have dire financial consequences. And to be clear, this article does come off a bit judgy and puritanical, and we want to just clarify that, in our opinion, casual drug use does not necessarily make you into a dumb piece of shit. However, if you already are a dumb piece of shit, it can make things worse, especially if you're an egotistical narcissist and you happen to be either on or coming down from these drugs while you were supposed to be running multiple billion-dollar companies. Yeah, there are responsible ways to uh, Also, some indulge. jobs you can be high as hell and it doesn't matter. But, Absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. So it, it, things are a little bit differently when you have uh, government contracts and are running multiple uh, billion-dollar companies. Yeah. But with that out of the way, let's read up on what kind of gear Elon's working with here. The world's wealthiest person has used LSD, cocaine, ecstasy, and psychedelic mushrooms, often at private parties around the world where attendees sign non-disclosure agreements or give up their phones to enter, according to people who have witnessed his drug use and others with knowledge of it. Musk has previously smoked marijuana in public and has said he has a prescription for the psychedelic-like ketamine. In 2018, for example, he took multiple tabs of acid at a party he hosted in Los Angeles. The next year, he partied on magic mushrooms at an event in Mexico. In 2021, he took ketamine recreationally with his brother, Kimball Musk, in Miami at a house party during Art Basel. He has taken illegal drugs with current SpaceX and former Tesla board member Steve Jurvetson. People close to Musk, who is now 52, said his drug use is ongoing, especially his consumption of ketamine, and that they are concerned it could cause a health crisis. Even if it doesn't, it could damage his businesses. And, and again, like all of these stories, it's like, yeah, whatever. Yeah. Who cares? Like this, this is normal people, uh, not normal people stuff, but like not that far out of the realm of possibility for anyone in any of these spaces. I think he is a little bit old to be yeah. doing this. Um, but he has different responsibilities than other people. And yeah. also like, I don't know. Maybe like this is a lot of fucking rich people go to Burning Man yeah. once a year mm-hmm. and they're, I assume, zooted to the moon yeah. the entire time. But then they go back to work and it sounds like Elon is kind of just always coming down from something or getting high on something and that might be making his behavior 
more erratic than before. He, yeah, he might have uh, rerouted his neural pathways and needs well, to keep doing Well, thankfully, there's a product that can get those neural pathways yeah. back where they need to go. It's called Neuralink. <laughs> and he if, should be the first to use it. And if everything goes right, you won't bite off all your fingers. That's right. Like, again, n- nothing necessarily wrong here. And it's also probably no different than the drug use of a lot of rich tech guys. They do, however, point out that via SpaceX's contracts with the U.S. government, Elon has government clearance, and there are pretty strict rules in place for drug use when you've got clearance. Then again, this previously came up when Elon smoked weed live on the internet with Joe Rogan and nothing happened. But it does seem like something the U.S. government could turn into a problem for Elon if they really wanted to. They also point out that illegal drug use is against company policy at both SpaceX and Tesla, which would, at the very least, make Musk a giant hypocrite. Yeah, and it's it's uh, against policy, not even just on the job, just at all. It's also... You can be fired if, like, they find out that you smoked a joint on the weekend. Yeah, it's also, like, it, it, to that point, it's extremely annoying to see the class divide of who's allowed to do whatever the fuck drugs they want yeah. and who will go to jail for fucking years tale, for doing it. Tale as old as time. Yes. That's how it's lives always been. Lives ruined on one side, uh, lives enhanced theoretically on the other. And no consequences at all. It's it's very frustrating. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, They also discussed several examples of times when Musk's executives believed his drug use directly affected his job performance. And here's one example. The people around Musk long ago became accustomed to his volatile behavior. Some SpaceX executives who had long worked with him, however, noticed a change at a company event in late 2017. Hundreds of SpaceX employees gathered around Mission Control at the rocket company's headquarters in Hawthorne, California, in anticipation of Musk, who was nearly an hour late to arrive at the all-hands meeting about the company's latest rocket. When he finally took the stage, Musk was strangely incomprehensible at times. He slurred his words and rambled for around 15 minutes, according to executives in attendance, and referred repeatedly to SpaceX's Big Falcon rocket prototype, which was known as BFR, as Big Fucking Rocket. SpaceX president Gwynne Shotwell ultimately stepped in and took over the meeting. It couldn't be learned if Musk was under the influence that day, but after the meeting, the SpaceX executives privately talked about their worries Musk was on drugs. One described the event as nonsensical, unhinged, and cringeworthy. Or that that could also describe any day of the week on Twitter just by viewing his posts. Yep. Mm -hmm. They say that Tesla board members worried that Musk was on drugs when he tweeted out that whole funding secured debacle back in 2018, which led to an SEC investigation, and that multiple people close to Musk say he was absolutely under the influence of something during an interview shortly after that when he started crying about how hard his year has been. But apparently, it's not something that's ever really openly discussed, even behind his back, except for one Tesla board member who explicitly stepped down over it. And a lot of people aren't sure whether it's drugs or just the fact that he barely ever sleeps. But guess what? Why not both? A combination of those yeah. things exacerbates yeah. all of this. Yeah, that's, uh, you want to get really high? Don't sleep and then do drugs. Then you start seeing the demons. Yeah. Anyways, the article basically just amounts to a whole lot of secondhand evidence that Elon Musk does a lot of drugs, particularly ketamine, which is uh, the designer drug of choice for tech executives these days. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and he seems to treat ketamine as a daily cure-all for mental health issues as well as a party drug, but the the, the whole, like, medical aspect of it is being administrated by a medical professional at yeah. low doses. I haven't looked into this too much. My understanding, I could be wrong, my understanding is that you, when you get approved for ketamine therapy, they give you like one dose a month that you take like during a therapy session. And it's specifically for like anxiety, depression, yeah, and PTSD. It sounds like he's microdosing, microdosing ketamine, like macro dosing at all times. Mm-hmm. And then when he wants to let loose, he just takes even more ketamine than he's already on. Yeah. That's like mushrooms. Take mushrooms once a year in the woods, open your mind to uh, think about things in a different way than you previously had, get a little ego death, come back to reality, right as rain. Everyone puts too much weight on mushrooms. Just take a little bit when you're doing something fun. <laughs> It's yeah. not a fucking religious experience. Well, you can it's make it drug. one depending on how many you eat. You don't want to make it one. That's when things get dark. That's when you <laughs> That's when you run the risk of things going bad. But look, according to Elon, he gets randomly drug tested constantly. And the Wall Street Journal is not fit to line a parrot cage for a bird. So maybe it's not the drugs. Maybe he's just an asshole. Yeah, I think like... Maybe it, the drugs just exacerbate that. Yeah, that... Uh, I'm 100% certain that, yeah, this is just a guy who already has extremely dickish tendencies uh, becoming even more of an unhinged dick thanks to drugs. But, uh, yeah, he started off as a dick. 
Yeah. You, you can't blame the drugs for, uh, the drugs didn't make you do it. Yeah. He's just an asshole. But, yeah, moving on. In other X news, pour one out for all the NFT bros yeah. who have taken yet another L in a, if things weren't in a long enough. line of L's. Those hexagonal NFT profile pictures that were introduced during Jack Dorsey's reign and then became a feature por- for paid subscribers during Elon's reign, they're gone. Poof. No more NFT profile pictures. All my apes. All my hexagonal apes. All your apes are gone. Although at this point, it seems like most of those people already voluntarily disabled the feature out of shame. I have not seen a hexagon in a while. Nope. Even our friend, our one NFT friend, he ditched that hexagon as soon as uh, the wind started blowing the other way. He, he knew when to get off. Stop making fun of me, guys. <laughs> he switched back to a classy business-like photo of himself. And I'm sure business has been booming ever since. All the people that looked at his profile were like, I'd love to work with this guy, but uh. I'm sure now they, they see his actual face, no NFTs involved, and they're like, that's the man for the job. I don't know. It seems like this guy doesn't have his finger on the pulse anymore. <laughs> he doesn't even have a hexagon. Meanwhile, another one of our mutuals went back the other way after oh, no. getting out of the space. Oh, no. Well, yeah. shit. Anyway. Not so, a friend, a mutual. Okay. Yeah. Oh, Oh, I think, oh, God. Okay, well, anyway, that's it for that. But in other crypto L's happening on X, where everything happens. Yeah, that's where it all happens. It all happens happens on X. Uh, The official account for the the U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission got fucking hacked and was used to post a tweet falsely announcing the approval of Bitcoin ETFs that can be bought like traditional stocks, which immediately sent the price of Bitcoin soaring before the hack was confirmed to be uh, fake or... The hack was real. The tweets were fake, which sent the big price of Bitcoin plummeting in the other direction. But then later in the same day, the SEC actually did approve Bitcoin ETFs for real. So all these hackers had to do was wait a few hours. What, what was the point of any of this? Also, this shit's funny. It's like, yes, you can buy. This basically allows you to buy Bitcoin on the stock market in the form of an ETF that tracks the price of Bitcoin. And people are like, this is good because now you can you can own the value of Bitcoin without risking like having a fucking wallet that can but be hacked. But wouldn't that drive technically drive down the value of the Bitcoin? Well, it's because like people all... would rather take the safe route. Um, well, the Bitcoin you're buying with the ETF is Bitcoin that's just held by oh. like J.P. Morgan or whatever. It's just funny. It's like all the reasons for buying the Bitcoin ETF instead of Bitcoin itself are reasons not to buy. Yeah, the reasons why Bitcoin is bad at its intended it's purpose, just, which is currency. It's just, it's proving the fact that these are just investments or... Right. Yeah. It's not money. It's it's not for any other use, yeah. uh, at least legal use or whatever. So it doesn't solve a problem. It's just an investment. Right. Sure. Anyways, the final bit of Twitter news that we have today is that, folks, get ready. We're hearing the term again, a term that has always proved to be successful. I'm going to do it. They're pivoting to video. Video. With Tulsi Gabbard. Oh, baby. Don Lemon. Oh, Don Lemon? And Jim Rome. Oh, it's burning. Joining Tucker Carlson and producing content exclusively for X. Exclusively. This is an interesting double down from Elon and Linda, especially if you've been around long enough to remember when the term pivot to video was first coined. I mean, I don't think they said that, but that's how it's being... They are pivoting to video. That's what they're doing. That's they're what they're calling doing. calling it something else. The future is video. Remember when that worked out so well for everyone in every company? Uh, it worked out okay for Mark Zuckerberg, but that's about it. Yeah. Well, these people are all presumably getting paid good money to do this, so whatever, get the bag. Even if Tucker Carlson is getting only a fraction of the views he got on TV, it's hard to see any of these other new shows making much of a splash, especially Don Lemon. Yeah. But Who, uh, who was the big Lemonhead uh, tuning into Don Lemon's exclusive X show. Oh, I can't wait to see him do his, uh, uh, an alone live stream on New Year's where he's allowed to get as drunk as he wants. I mean, that's the only time I could, well, I didn't really like him then either. No. I don't, do, does anyone like Don Lemon? I don't think so. It's so funny. Like, I think people on the right are like, you see, like, uh, you know, fair and balanced. Uh, the left got John Lemon. <laughs> John Lemon. <laughs> Don Lemon. Like, I'm like, I don't think anyone likes Don Lemon. Also, uh, obviously, Tucker is doing great. Uh, just as just an amazing five trillion views on his. He's doing results. so wonderful that his guests have gone from uh, major players in Congress and the Senate, uh, you know, Kevin, presidential Kevin candidate Spacey, baby, to Kevin Spacey and Cat Turd. Yeah, he had Cat Turd in the studio. Um, 
yeah, things are happening. It all happens on X. Mm-hmm. But yeah, this feels very reminiscent of like um, pivot to video, and even before that, like when YouTube was giving a bunch of free money around to like, mm-hmm. oh, look at all these shows, and they all immediately, as soon as the money spigot got turned off, they all got canceled because they were not you successful. They, yeah, they couldn't support themselves on their own. Yeah, yeah. so it's like. Machinima would be like, oh, we got... Infinity billion dollars. Yeah, so we're going to have blah, 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 creator. X-Arm. Yeah, (laughs) and it's just, yeah. I don't see this working. Tucker isn't working. No. Like, it's people are watching it, but it's clearly... It's not having... He's getting a fraction of the views he used to get. It's not having a significant cultural impact, which is what the goal, presumably, would be. And was on Fox. Yeah, it's not doing that. So meanwhile, it, uh, on Fox, they're they're in they're going to be in some trouble from the Swifties because they claim. Well, maybe we'll talk about it on a news dump. They claim that Taylor Swift is an asset, a government asset being deployed. I saw that uh, because because she told people to vote. Very suspicious. Also, the death of AI right around the corner because uh, uh, Taylor Swift has been used to uh, in AI ads like oh, AI yeah, Taylor yeah, yeah, Swift yeah. to sell. You know, scam. Yeah, it was her and like Steve Harvey. Yeah. And thought and- about killing myself. That's the best. Have you seen that video yet? No. It's it's an actual thing on Family Feud where one of the uh, options or one of the things that people are like, uh, killing yourself. And he's like, all right, let's see. Thought about killing myself. And it is on the board. So now it's just a response video oh, okay. constantly. Wow. Yeah. It's great. I love Very it. Very cool. Yeah. Anyways, that's our episode. We wasted so much fucking time talking about CES and Elon. That uh, I love talking about the SkyMall products. There's yeah, there's a lot we didn't get to. So lots more news coming up. We got weird news, news we got dump news this dump. week. Yeah, um, lots to talk about. I still I don't know, I'm not even sure I want to talk about the the tunnel. <laughs> uh, yeah, because <laughs> because the it it, it it that's one of those things where like. It, the wrong people are yeah. having the most fun about Wait, this. Wait, what are you laughing at? It is <laughs> yeah. very funny. Yeah. But, like, for reasons that have nothing to do with uh, the uh, religion of the people involved. Yes, yes. It's it's very... Di- it's like a Rorschach test. Of, it's, it's, uh, it's that classic, like, I think the wrong people are laughing a little too hard at yeah, this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, what probably not. bizarre... But, yes, throw that on the pile of... Also, uh, I still just... I just still don't fully understand what the fuck... No. Even happened there. I, so. I, it all I'm, happened. Wait, I'm waiting for someone to finally explain it to me. Italian cop, Hasidic yeah. Jew. We don't do that in America. <laughs> <laughs> and then them welding the thing yeah. on top of it. So there, we talked about and it. And a man but climbing like, out of a hole. <laughs> like, what? Yeah, it's it's one of those things where just like the wrong people are laughing a little too hard. Uh-huh. But yeah, we, you know, the year of the tunnel, apparently. The year of the weird guy and the year of the tunnel. Yeah. and, and The human urge, to, natural human urge to tunnel. There was two other ones that uh, if you want to throw on the weird guy pile... There's the 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 bog dwellers. Well, they're just having fun, and that's, that's an old, weird that's an old that. video. Is, uh, yeah, I, and, yeah. I, yeah, that's what you do in the bog. Yeah, and then there's also the guy who tackled the judge, but the judge actually it's not a weird guy. That's a that's criminal. A criminal. <laughs> <laughs> that that guy got hurt, uh, and uh, or not the guy, the the judge got hurt. Uh, a lady judge got hurt wow. real bad. Yeah, and. Uh, and also, that guy has like clear fucking mental problems, it's and not is a not fun getting treated, situation all not around. getting treated properly yeah, in the yeah, way yeah. that the he probably The more you look at it, like like most stories, the more you look into it, the less Saturday fun it becomes. Gets, yes. Yeah. So uh, there's those. Uh, if there's any other weird people that pop up that aren't as problematic, uh, then we'll get to it. Yeah. But we have more coming up for you. But in the meantime, if you haven't seen our episode on weird guys, I'm trying as hard as I can. Get me out of this mouth. Laugh as much as you want. <laughs> yeah. But uh, check those out and we'll see you soon. Bye-bye. Bye.